Welcome to C3 Church Hobart. You're about to listen to a message from our series every day. We hope that you enjoy this message and please get in touch with us if you would like to be connected. Good morning. My name is Michael Henderson and I am married to the exquisite Tiffany and I'm not sure if she's here in this service or not. Probably doesn't want to put her hand up, although she is. And I have two children who are now young adults, Samuel and Gabrielle, and they're awesome as well. Everything that you need to know about me can be explained through me mowing the grass yesterday. I love the environment and I will do everything I can to defend it, including arguing week after week while we need to free the grass, let it grow, let it be as God intended, allow it to be itself. Why oppress it and cut it and cut it down? Yes, yeah. So when I get around to doing it, I often do it with a whippersnipper because I like to go in circles and haphazardly do things. Also like to do it in the rain because I don't like the sun. Also constantly think about things like yesterday, I was thinking about what will be my number one this year for the Triple J Hottest 100? Will it be Dune Rats? I like that song. Yeah. <laughs> and then I used to play sport, so I'm pretty good at hand-eye coordination, which plays out when I do whippersnippering and the lawn because there are haphazard rocks in my lawn. And yesterday, I saw the whippersnipper dislodge one, and then the second time round, it flung it towards the house. Now, look, I'm not claiming to be Batman, but I did move my knee to stop the rock hitting the house. And so, today I'm not quite walking as well as I could do on this side. There's a bit of a lump. Anyway, we're at the end of a series on the Holy Spirit, and it's been an awesome series from week one. And if you hear me repeat things that you've heard from week, from week one or week two, that's because I was paying attention, I do take notes, and I cheat. It's like having all your mates' exams around you when you sit the exam, yeah? I've got everyone's paper around me. I took notes, yeah? Good. Don't say, I heard Alicia say that. How dare you say that? I borrowed deliberately, yes. <laughs> it's called borrowing, not stealing. In my experience, most people know a fair bit about the Holy Spirit, Knowing stuff about the Holy Spirit doesn't tend to be the issue, at least in my experience when I talk to people. What does tend to be the issue with the Holy Spirit is that it's a very emotive. It plays on our fears and our worries and our anxieties because we seem to expect a lot from the Holy Spirit in what it can do every day, today, right now. Sometimes we don't quite have that expectation of God or Jesus. But we tend to have it with the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't come to the party, we tend to go, okay, I'll have nothing to do with him. That's my experience. I'll give you an example. Here's a verse that's going to come up on the screen. Do I look at the screen to read it? <laughs> there it is. John 14. This is Jesus speaking. And I want to ask this question of you. How do you respond to this verse? 
whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, healings, miracles, prophecy, whatever, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. See, this, this verse that Jesus is speaking is an introductory verse to Jesus introducing the Holy Spirit to us. He's about to go into a whole passage to do with the Holy Spirit being our advocate, being with us, to encourage us, bless us, empower us, all of those things. That's what he's about to speak about. Just before this, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We tend to be okay with that first verse. and We tend to be okay with the Holy Spirit in the theory of saying he's an advocate, He's going to empower us. He's going to bless us. But this is a pesky verse, don't you think? You will do greater things than Jesus. Here's my top four ways that I hear people respond to this verse. It's also coming up on the screen. They respond by saying, it's a fantasy. It's like saying that I'm going to be Superman. It doesn't, ha yes, thank you, Scott. Yeah. And how well that will illustrate the point later on, because it is not you, but the Holy Spirit working through you that is going to make you more than Superman. Yes. <laughs> it's a fantasy. Yeah? Anyone respond that? You don't have to put your hands up, please don't. Maybe you have the response of saying, oh, dude, it's me on a good day. You know, I'm, I'm all that. Yeah, I'm more than Jesus on a really good day. Maybe you have the response of saying, that's offensive. How dare you even suggest that I would be greater than Jesus because Jesus was awesome and I am not Jesus, so therefore I'm never going to be at least as good as him, if not never going to be more than him. Or there is another common response here and that is, amen, brother, I get you, I'm with you. We'll come back to this verse. Can you hold it in your mind? I actually struggle to hold things in my mind, yet I ask these questions of audiences all the time. So don't be like me. You'd be better than me, yeah? Yes. Amen. <laughs> so I think there are four big promises when it comes to our Christian scriptures and what they talk about with the Holy Spirit. The first one is that the Holy Spirit loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us and hopes that we love Him back. He wants a personal, intimate, deep, connection with us. It's not just casually saying he loves you like you love fish. He loves us. Number two, the Holy Spirit is absolutely wild. I don't mean savage or mean. I mean untamable, infinite, uncontrollable, and that he promises to bless us and empower us beyond what we can understand in unmerited and unearned ways. It's who He is. Number three, the Holy Spirit is constantly, and I mean constantly, constantly, now, today, every day, wherever you are, He is constantly coming to you and me and blessing you. The question isn't, is he doing it? The question is, are you aware of how he is doing it? And the fourth thing is that he is constantly, every day, right now, as you are sitting where you are, promising to empower you. And if you are unaware of how he is doing that, hopefully by the end of this morning, you will be more aware. You may ask, Mick, 
you don't really know my name because I like Michael, but you say, Mick, Mick, I'm not feeling it. I am not feeling the blessing and empowerment. And I would respond, Reginald, because it's always Reginald, Reginald, I sometimes feel that way too. There are days, as much as I know the blessing and empowerment and what the Holy Spirit is promising to give me, there are days and there are moments when it's much more than I don't feel it. There is an abundance of ways that I get in my own way and other things get in my way. And so I want to talk a little bit about that before we then speak about empowerment and blessing. One of the biggest things that gets in our way and my way is that what we are talking about here is deeply emotional and passionate. We are passionate about these things. This is not maths, although you can be passionate about maths, but this is not just going through the motions. We deeply care about this stuff. It means something to us and it generates emotions. And what science has been discovering in recent times is that we're not rational beings. You and I, I'm not having a go at you, but <laughs> we, we like to think that we're rational beings that sometimes have emotions, but that's not what the science says. The science says that when I ask a question like that one to do with, you will be greater than Jesus, when I ask a question, we respond with a whole mass of emotions. You know, our brain fires off with all of this stuff way before we start to think about the question that's been asked. And those emotions can mess with us. And one of the ways that they mess with me and one of the ways that they mess with a lot of people that I speak to when it comes to the Holy Spirit is that it can generate within us what I call Holy Spirit burnout. It goes like this. I prayed for that person to get better and nothing changed. <laughs> Why am I tearing up about that? It's just an abstract comment. I prayed for this person and nothing changed and I've given up caring and praying because it all feels so useless. Ever been in that space? There's three parts to this burnout type experience, and that is, one is emotional exhaustion, that you cared for so long, so much, for so long, and you didn't see the Holy Spirit step in and change anything. And that can result in loss, loss of empathy, loss of care, loss of compassion for others, loss of love, which can then lead to feelings of just futility, like, why bother? I believe in God. I have hope in Jesus. Why bother with the Holy Spirit? I'm done. It doesn't seem to matter what I do, day after day. You know, I have quiet times, I pray, I go to church, I read my Bible, I do good things, Nothing seems to change, but I deeply want it to. Ultimately, this talk and any talk about God and Jesus is about having a deep connection because they're relational beings. We're not talking about abstract theories and concepts when we talk about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and one of the ways that you can get past Holy Spirit burnout is to focus on developing a deep connection with the Holy Spirit. Because 
It's, it's important to acknowledge it, though, because Holy Spirit burnout can lead to developing emotional distance with God. And the more that you develop emotional distance with God, it just cripples you. It cripples your relationship with God, the same as it does any relationship that you have. The more emotional distance that I have with my wife, Tiffany, the more I just fail to hear anything that she says to me. She could say as passionately as she wants to, I love you. But the more emotional distance that I have from her, the more I just hear something else. Or I think about what happened yesterday and not what's happening in the present. And I lose sight of who she is and what she's trying to say. So it's important to focus on developing that connection, a deep connection. If you don't, these are some of the ways that you can start to, these are some of the ways that I start to hear God. God says this to me, I love you and my heart is for you, but I struggle to hear it. Jesus says, I love you, I want to lead you into peace and safety, contentment, rest, strength, but I've spent so much time building up resentment that it just seems to come and go and I don't even notice it. The Holy Spirit says, I love you, I want to bless and empower you and help you to bless and empower others. And I say, didn't see it yesterday. Am I going to see it today? A step to dealing with this is to change our language. At least this is some of the things that I do. And this series is so well named for this because it's important to have, if you're going to build connection, actual, relational, deep connection, it's important to focus on the here and now, to try and put away what happened in the past and not dream of what can happen in the future, but to focus on the now, on the everyday aspect of who the Holy Spirit is. So I try to resist thinking about the past when it comes to God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I try, you know, God created the world in the past, Jesus died for my sins in the past, the Holy Spirit um, encourages me to think about God and Jesus. They're good things, don't get me wrong. But they happened a long time ago, or they're in the past. And I try to resist jumping to the future, that God's going to have me in heaven with him, Jesus died for my sins so I can be there, the Holy Spirit's going to help me to worship. You know, that's in the future, yeah? A step to overcoming that emotional distance and restoring connection is to ground our relationships in the now. And I do that primarily by asking trust questions about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I try to do it every day. I ask questions like this. Do I really believe today that God's heart is for me? It's not a question about do I know doctrine? It's not a question about how well I can quote scripture. Do I trust today that God's heart is for me? Do I believe Jesus can today, right now, as I stand here, you sit there, that he can lead me to peace and safety and rest and contentment and strength? He can forgive my sins. I'm not dismissing that. But Jesus promises so much more than just the forgiveness of sins. He actually promises to lead us to peace and safety, rest, contentment, strength, all these things. Do I believe right now that the Holy Spirit can bless and empower me? 
And I also like to ask follow-up questions, but I'm just going to ask the follow-up question to do with the Holy Spirit. Do I believe that the Holy Spirit can bless me and empower me right now? And then who can I speak to and ask to help me grow in that awareness? They ground it in the now, today. Another step to noticing that, um, to, to getting past and building that connection is to stop ignoring the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm good at that one. I don't know about you, but I'm super, superman when it comes to ignoring the Holy Spirit. It's so easy for me to do it, not deliberately. I'm not choosing to do it. I just spend the whole day just, just not thinking about it, yeah? My old trinity used to be Jesus, God, and the Bible. That's weird, isn't it, that we would have those three things? Not Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. God created the world. Jesus saved me from my sins. The Holy Spirit does weird stuff off to the side. Do I need it? Here. Let me give you a good example here. This is to do with Christmas. Think of the Christmas story. Yeah, we're about to go into it. Yeah, we're almost at December 25. We're going to Christmas carols. We have all these things coming. Think about the Christmas story. We commonly retell the Christmas story centered on Jesus. Gospel writers aren't that preoccupied with Jesus when they retell the nativity stories. Is that surprising? Mark doesn't even mention it, yeah? Matthew speaks about it in the past tense, Jesus was born. John says Jesus came to live amongst us, doesn't really talk about Jesus in a, being a baby and all of those stories. And even for Luke, who does have a lot of stuff about Jesus and what's happening His focus is on what God and the Holy Spirit are doing. I encourage you to read it this Christmas. Read the beginning to Luke and see how often Luke is pointing out what God is doing and what the Holy Spirit is doing in this story. Jesus will have his day. I'm not diminishing that. (laughs) We need Jesus to be born and come into this world. It's an important event. But what the gospel writers point out is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the midst of this story and how the Holy Spirit is working in Zechariah to empower him, to see him, to, to hear that John the Baptist, their son's going to be born. And Luke's saying, John's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Zechariah is blessed with the Holy Spirit to prophesy. There's Simeon that gets blessed with the Holy Spirit to prophesy that Jesus will be the Messiah. Mary sees glory from God and prays. And Holy Spirit moving through her and her son's life. This is all happening in the story at the beginning in the first couple of chapters of Luke. And even more importantly, what each gospel writer actually does include about Jesus' ministry, about his beginning to ministry, is his anointing, yeah? Every gospel has at the beginning that Jesus Christ was anointed. So whatever preceded it, he comes to this point, and the two things that are significant here are God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit bodily descends on Jesus like a dove and empowers him. And in Luke's gospel, he will actually point out that the Holy Spirit not just empowers him in that moment in the anointing, but is going to empower him as Jesus is sent out because the first thing that he's going to encounter is being in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and he needs God over him, and he needs the Holy Spirit empowering him so that he can confront the devil out in the wilderness for the 40 days. And if 
Jesus needs the Holy Spirit. I'm sure I need the Holy Spirit, and it's not good enough for me to just spend my days ignoring him. Yes? Amen? So, these are all the things that are taking place. Another step to rebuilding this deep connection with the Holy Spirit is to give up control to him. I have control issues. I'm not know if you do or don't. I'm not making a judgment call, but I like to have control of my life and my destiny. I like to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I get frustrated if I plan a day and it doesn't take place. But the best way that I can develop a deep connection with the Holy Spirit is to give up my control to the Holy Spirit. I gain control of my life by giving up control of my life to the Holy Spirit. Does that sound like an oxymoron? I gain control by giving up control. I gain control by letting go of me controlling my life, and I pick up control by handing that control over to the Holy Spirit. So, what I now try to practice with the Holy Spirit is to actively give up control. And one of the ways I do that is through active waiting. Not passive waiting, like waiting for the bus and having no expectation that the bus is ever going to come. But active waiting, where I hold expectation for what the Holy Spirit can do. I keep asking that He will do something. And I actively wait with expectation that He will eventually do something in His timing because it's not under my control that He's going to do this. It's under his control and his timing. But it's active waiting. I had an example. Uh, there was a, when I first started dating Tiffany many moons ago, this is before mobile phones, we lived quite a ways away from each other. We would commonly catch the train to each other. We weren't the best communicators. So some of the time I would travel out to her, she would travel to me, quite a way away from each other. Her mum would say, oh, she's already gone to your house. I go, oh. Other times I would be waiting on a platform for her. Remember, no mobile phones. So I'm waiting on a train platform for her. Train comes, the one I was expecting her to be on. She's not there. If I was passively waiting, I would have walked away and gone, she's never coming, I give up. But I always held active waiting and a little bit of trepidation that maybe on the next train she'll be there or the next one or hopefully... Yes. Active waiting. All right. Where are we? What time have I, am I up to? Have I gone too long? No. Good. Was, who was I asking then? Was I asking everybody else? No. <laughs> Thank you. Another step to rebuilding connection is to get out of my own way. And now we're starting to get into how to step into blessing and empowerment. And I say it that way because, wow, do I need to get out of my own way? If I am to give up control and I am to build that emotional connection and I'm, I'm to allow the Holy Spirit to bless and empower me, I've got to have a picture that God is actual, Holy Spirit is actually bigger than me. And for me to get out of my own way and allow Him to do what He needs to do in my life to make it, to bless me. But I'm so used, I'm so used to getting what I work for. I seem to have lived my entire life being told that every day of my life that you get what you work for. 
that I get what I earn, that I get what I manufactured or that I made happen. And so when the Holy Spirit comes to me and says, I want to bless you with unmerited abundance, unearned abundance, I go, what the? How, How do you do that? Why are you doing that? Why would you do that? But this is the thing with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit shares a heart with our God and with Jesus. And they are always coming to us, finding us, blessing us, loving us. It is not us that find them, they find us, they come to us. The Holy Spirit reflects that heart. The Holy Spirit is continually coming to me and saying, I get that you want to earn this, but I'm asking you, just put it down for a moment, please. Resist earning it. Just let me bless you. Just let me help you step into receiving an unearned and unmerited blessing. But wow, do I find that hard to do. But when I do, when I do step into that space and allow the Holy Spirit to just bless me, I find he does it in just the most amazing ways. Some of the ways that are recorded in Scripture are things through, like, encouragement, literally to give us courage. Courage that we weren't expecting, that we didn't know we have. Things like blessing us with freedom. Freedom from our past. Freedom to step into the now without the hangover of all of our sins and the weight of all of that from the past, but just to step into this moment knowing how much they love us. He promises to bless in ways like giving justice and peace into areas of conflict where we can't see a way through. Our world is currently full of conflicts that we know have been around for so long and we think, how is this ever going to be resolved? But the Holy Spirit promises to be with us and to help to bring justice and peace into those places even when we can't see it because it's not limited by us. He promises to bless with healing and restoration, which again, can't be based on what we think is possible with healing and restoration because when we again we're limiting and if I pray for someone for healing and all I can do is pray with what I know I'm limiting yes I'm at least limiting my awareness of what the Holy Spirit can do he promises to bless me with a picture a big picture for who I am someone with the gifts the fruits of the Spirit Someone that can have these attributes of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Things I know I don't have all the time, but I can have them more and more with the Holy Spirit blessing me. He promises to bless with spiritual gifts way beyond what I can do. Things that I don't know I am even capable of. Provided I let the Holy Spirit be wild and I don't try to control him, yeah? This leads to blessing, blessing leads to empowerment. 
They're tightly connected. But again, control and our need to earn can affect this because when it comes to empowerment and me doing things, you know, like I'm, I'm not bragging, but you know, I, I can do some things. Um, I've been to school, I've learnt, I passed. I did often get a grade that said something like, he could do better if he stopped mucking around. But I still did stuff at school and I can play sport and I can use my hands, I've learnt tools. I've got skills, yeah? Let's go with that. I've got skills. So when the Holy Spirit comes to me, as he often does, and says, I want to empower you to do this thing that you can't currently do, I go, get someone else to do it. What the? What are you bothering me with this for? There's someone over there that can do that. I can do these things. Just make this stuff better, and then we've got, a, we've got something that we can do. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, 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 no. I really want you to do this thing that you currently can't do. And I go, what? But the thing I notice with the Holy Spirit is that when I give into this, the first thing I notice is how he amplifies what I can do. His empowerment starts with amplification. A good example of this was when I was speaking with um, a businessman that, that I know and um, a guy with huge impact around the world, doing amazing things. And in this meeting, I just gave a throwaway line, and I mean a throwaway line. I did not think about it. I just was looking at the numbers and the strategies and that in front of me and just went, wow, dude, look at... All. I didn't say dude to this guy. He's an older guy. <laughs> I said, wow... Just think of all the people that you are blessing with that. That's amazing. They must be so thankful. And he started to cry because this was a meeting in November. He couldn't think of any person that year that had thanked him. And we had a discussion about the impact that God can have through our lives following that throwaway, a throwaway line. I did not intend it to have that impact. That was not me. But God amplified the impact way beyond what I could see. The next step, though, with, with empowerment, and this is the one that's going to drag us back to John, is that empowerment promises, if we can give up control, promises to make Christ's power perfect in our lives through our weaknesses. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul is talking about, and I'll read you the verse, verse 9. Paul says this, this is what he knows from what the Holy Spirit can do. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is the thing. It's not about what we can do. If we can get out of our own way, if we can stand aside, give up our control... Step into that connection. Be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Even our weaknesses, the things that we think are going to get in the way of us doing anything, they are the things that Christ can use, the Holy Spirit can use to do amazing miracles in our life, not and in the lives of others. This is not about what you can do. It's not about you becoming Superman. It's about what the Holy Spirit can do through you and me if we would just give up a little bit of control and allow Him to work through us. In the end, even though I can count quite a few skills that I have, I know this now, that my skills and what I think are my abilities 
they actually get in the way of me being empowered and blessed by the Holy Spirit. Because at some level, if I don't give up that control, I think I made it happen. Either the blessing or the empowerment. I think it was me on a good day. That's the result. But if I can give up the control and if I can allow, step out of my own way and allow the Holy Spirit to work through me. Can I have that verse back up from John 14? Now we have something that we can do with John 14. Because it's not about me. And it's not about what I can do and what I see and what I know and what I imagine. It's about what the Holy Spirit can do. Can I do greater things than Jesus? Of course this is possible. Because our God is always doing a new thing. Always. That's who He is. And He's promising to do a new thing through us in every day of every moment of our lives. This is who the Holy Spirit God is always doing a new thing. Death could not hold Jesus down. He rose from the dead. The Holy Spirit is always finding a way to bless and empower us through anything and everything that we've got. Even our weaknesses are strengths to Him. Yes? If anything, this verse is an understatement. Yeah? It has to be. Because who knows what's coming? Whatever you have gained whatever I have gained from my life and my experience the Holy Spirit can do more whatever thought is in my mind or your mind the Holy Spirit's wisdom is more whatever longing you have in your heart whatever dream you have in your imagination that is not the limit of what our Holy Spirit can do in our lives or your life or in this church or in Hobart or anywhere that you want to picture it the Holy Spirit can always do more Yes, this is our Holy Spirit. This is not you on a good day. This is not me on a good day. But this is our wild and infinite Holy Spirit who is always calling us into more. In a moment, I, um, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for me as much as I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for you to do with the Holy Spirit, sort of as a way to bring this series to an end. Not to bring the Holy Spirit to an end, but to bring the series to an end. But I want you to join with me. I'm already standing, yeah? So I'm going to ask that if you want this prayer, if you want me to pray this way for you, I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. You don't know what I'm going to ask, what I'm going to pray for yet. So be careful about standing too quickly. I appreciate the people that are standing already, but let me just help you know what I'm going to pray for. But please stand whenever you feel led. I'm going to pray that we all grow in awareness of the Holy Spirit and the Trinity in our lives. Every moment of every day of our life, today, now, whenever it is, that we grow in awareness of what they are doing in our lives. And if this is you, I would like you to stand. So I'm about to pray for you. I'm also going to pray for courage to respond to the Holy Spirit. Courage to wait, actively wait for the Holy Spirit. Courage to give up control and to let the Holy Spirit be wild in our lives. I'm also going to pray that the Holy Spirit will restore a deep connection with Him. If you're someone that's drifted a long way away from the Holy Spirit, if there's emotional distance between you and the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray 
that that relationship is restored. I'm also going to pray that we live with expectation for what the Holy Spirit can do that's way beyond our limitations. You are not the limit, yeah? Holy Spirit can do so much more. And I'm going to pray finally that the Holy Spirit grows our capacity for all of this. That who we are today is not who we're going to be tomorrow. If this is you, I would like you to stand. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Jesus Christ, dear Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that you help us to have a picture of you, Holy Spirit. That we don't lose sight of you or ignore you, but that we have a deep, intimate, vulnerable, authentic connection with you. That you help us to grow in our awareness of who you are. Don't leave it on us, Lord. I ask that you, Holy Spirit, grow that within us. Help us to develop that awareness. Help us to understand who you are. Help us to understand what you can do. Help us to be pulled past ourselves, Lord. I ask that you give us courage, not not faking it, not bravado. I ask that you give us actual courage, that you encourage, give us courage to be your people here in Hobart and wherever we find ourselves, but help us to have courage to build that deep, intimate connection with you. See the blessing and empowerment that you want to bestow on us, to bless us with, to empower us with. I ask that you just grow that exponentially in us, way beyond what we can picture. I ask that you restore the deep connection. Don't leave us out in the cold, but restore it, Lord. I ask that you grow expectation in us. Don't let us sit with just what we can do. Don't let us sit with what we think our next door neighbor can do. Don't let us don't let us sit with what this church has done this year or last year. Don't let us sit with what we think can happen next year. Lord, push us past what we think is possible. And allow us to step into what you think is possible, what you want for us and what you want for the people around us and what you want for this church. And I ask that all of that grows our capacity to do that, not just for ourselves. Help us to grow in awareness of the blessing and empowerment that you give us so that we can give it away. Help us to know the abundance that you bless and empower us with so that we can give that abundance away to other people. Help us be people that know it so deeply and so connected that we so freely just give it away. In all of this, Holy Spirit, we pray it in your name and ask that you do way more than we could hope and imagine. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. If you're impacted by this message, would like to get connected, or would like to know more about our church, please visit our website at c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.